بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن والاه أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قد أفلح المؤمنون الذين هم في صلاتهم خاشعون والذين هم عن اللغو معرضون صدق الله العظيم الحمد لله Brothers and sisters in Islam, this is a great blessing of Allah Azza wa Jal. Uh, I wanted to, uh, first and foremost, thank uh, Mufti Azimuddin uh, for uh, establishing this environment. And last night in the talk, I was saying that when we look at the lives of the Salaf, when we look at the lives of the pious people before, their lives were rooted and based in practice. Today, we speak more and we do less. And the time of the Salaf was that they did more and they spoke less. And that we have a environment in which, mashallah, there is an opportunity for us to do more. There is an opportunity for us to uh, implement more, practice more, do more learn more wallahi there's nothing mashallah greater than this so like i know that all of you who are in chicago um uh it, this is a natural thing i'm not uh, you know m maybe i'm wrong and i inshallah inshallah i am wrong but uh i want everybody to really really appreciate what you have because the last bayan that maulana sahab gave i apologize what was maulana's name Maulana Usman Akhtar Such a beautiful bayan Such an excellent bayan Such an on point and beneficial bayan That I was enjoying every second And every minute and every point of it May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward Maulana Usman Saab Immensely But just while I was listening to him Do you know what was going through my mind? Is that You all are blessed with such quality Beautiful uh, Presentations and what quality, beautiful, mashallah, bayans and reliable scholars and knowledge that, you know, this is such a great blessing for you guys to have that. So please value this, make qadr of this. This is something that all communities don't have this. All communities don't have such scholars which so eloquently, so beautifully, so presentably are here and providing the community, subhanAllah, with gems, blessings. Provide, this is like an oasis, you know? Like where you can come and just quench your thirst and quench your iman. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless uh, Dar salam and all the um, uh, brothers and sisters who make this possible and uh, who contribute and uh, volunteer and make it happen here. May Allah Ta'ala bless everybody. So with that being said, another very important practical aspect which, mashallah, Maulana Usman, he left off and connected with uh, uh, dua is salah. And uh, this is also related to the talk that I gave last night that Ibrahim al-Nakha'i rahimahullah, what did he say? He said, that when we would go to seek knowledge from somebody, the first thing that we would look to in that person is that we would look to his salah. 
if we saw that this person's salat is good, this person's salat is correct, this person's salat is with devotion, we would go and say, now I am going to take hadith from this person. Abu Aliyah, the great muhaddith, you know, the great tabi'i, which Imam Bukhari, Imam Muslim, Imam Tirmidhi, they actually narrate a hadith from Abu Aliyah. He said that I had traveled many, many days to go and take hadith from somebody that I heard is a very, you know, uh, prolific hadith master. And then he said, when I would get there, I would notice this person's salah. I would look at this person's prayer. And he said that when I would see that his prayer would be, would be good, his prayer was filled with khushu, and he was concerned about prayer. He was not neglectful about prayer. He said, then I would remain there, I would take hadith from him, I would learn from him, and I would stay there, and I would continue. And he said, if I noticed that this person was neglectful of salah, I mean, obviously no Muslim is neglectful, you know, of salah, but he means neglectful in salah. Meaning he's not performing the sujood and the ruku properly. He's not performing salah according to the sunnah. He's not performing salat according to devotion. He said, when I would see that, I would just continue on my way and said, I'm not going to waste my time. Because a person who is neglectful in his salah, and he's not concerned with prayer, and he's not, devo- he's not giving devotion and diligent with the most important thing, he said then, in everything else, he will be more useless. If he's useless in his salah, فَهُوَ فِي غَيْرِ ذَلِكَ he is more useless in whatever else. This is why, my dear brothers and sisters, when we come to, you know, when we're talking about prayer, we're talking about salah, how can we make our salah ruhani salah? A salat ruhaniyah. That salah that is truly that salah which, right, um, the Prophet ﷺ mentioned, As-salatu nur. As-salatu nur. This is the definition that the Prophet ﷺ gave. That on the day of judgment, يَوْمَ تَرَى الْمُؤْمِنِينَ وَالْمُؤْمِنَاتِ يَسْعَى نُورُهُمْ بَيْنَ أَيْدِيهِمْ وَبِأَيْمَانِهِمْ بُشْرَاكُمُ الْيَوْمَ جَنَّاتِ Allah Ta'ala says that you will see the believing men and women on that day. يَوْمَ تَرَى الْمُؤْمِنِينَ وَالْمُؤْمِنَاتِ that their nur will be in front of them and on their right sides. Ibn Kathir rahimahullah says that some people's nur will be from the bottom of their feet all the way till the heavens, enlightening the entire heavens and earth. Some people's nur will only be, right, very short, right, in front of them, enough to see where they are going. Some people's nur will be like the tip of their finger. And some people's nur will enlighten the heavens and the earth. What is that? that, that the reality of that, some of the mufassireen uh, have mentioned, these are their amal, and more importantly, their salah. Their salah will manifest as the Prophet ﷺ said, As-salatu nur. As-salatu nur. So how can we perfect that nur? How that nur is perfected, dear brothers and sisters, practice. Practice makes perfect. The only way that we can perfect our salah is if we practice it. And this is an interesting thing, that I have given 
many talks about salah, but I noticed something in myself that I want to share with you. There have been opportunities where I talk about the salah, and then, you know what, like, we'll go, we'll break off in a session, you know, we'll have lunch, we'll go, and then when I start my prayer, my salah will be no different than all the other times that I prayed. And I, I caught myself later on and I said, wait a minute, I just perform my salat just lazily and going through it just like I always do. But I just spoke like one hour about the salah. Why did that happen? And many of you have probably experienced this. You'll hear the virtues of salat. You'll hear the point about, you know, uh, uh, salat and all these. You'll probably hear this lecture as well. But what happens is we will always do and we will always return back to that which we have become habituated to. Whatever we have practiced, whatever has become our habit, this is what we are going to end up doing. No matter what. Our habits is what we are going to go to the default. So we need to change those habits. We need to actually practice salah actively and with intention pray extra nawafil. After we're going to inshallah discuss this, I would recommend that we actually pray extra nawafil in the day. Make intention to stand for Qiyamul Layl so that we can physically practice what we learn theoretically. So this is like, you know, you're learning something about driving and somebody tells you that you should drive like this and you turn the ignition like this and you put it in gear like this and then you turn... But then, not until you actually get behind the wheel of the car and take a driving course actively will you learn proper driving. Similarly goes for salah. If we don't actively practice the salah, then you know what? We're just going to pray the way we've been praying since we're five years old or six years old or seven years old. So inshallah, most of this lecture of Ruhani Salah has been taken from the Ihya of Imam al-Ghazali rahimahullah ta'ala and notes from other mashayikh as well. So we'll begin with this inshallah. First and foremost, the definition of what is the meaning of the word salah. Imam al-Zujaj, who was one of the Lughawiyin, one of the Nahwiyin, he says, Al-Aslu fi salati al-Luzum. Yuqalu saliya wa sala idha lazima. Wa min hadha man yusla fi nar ay yulzamu nar So Zujaj, the Arabic linguist, he says that the root meaning of salah is commitment, faithful adherence, attachment, constancy. And he takes this meaning that if it, when something is yuslaf in nar, it's being roasted in the fire. So what gets roasted in the fire, guys? Something that you hold there, right? Nothing can get roasted until you hold it over the fire. You know, have you guys ever tried to actually roast meat in a fire? Your arm kind of gets tired because you just got to hold it there, right? If you ever try to actually roast meat and wait for it to cook, it's a, it's, it's a long process. Your, your hand gets tired because, what is it? Luzum, you're holding it. So, salah, according to Imam Zujaj, as-salah al-luzum, right? Because it is something that you are constant upon. And Allah Azza wa says, وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ Right? Those who are constant upon their prayer. 
And a lot of other definitions come. I just wanted us for us to even un- theoretically understand what is the meaning of prayer. Some say it comes from salawain, which is an interesting, and this is talking about the back part of the, 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 the animal, the back two hips of the animal that move. Right? Which is mawsilil fakhidain. Right? And the meaning of salah is tahriku salawain. Salah comes from salawain. Some say this. Because the, uh, in prayer, you move your hips in order to prostrate and bow. That is another definition. So these are different uh, opinions. Qal al Azhari, one of the uh, great linguists says, The opinion that I take is not the movement of the hips, that's not the meaning of, of salah. Right? But the correct meaning, in my opinion, when you have look at the different different possible root words and definitions, he says, The reality of salah is constancy upon what Allah has made fard. Tahriku salawain. Moving of the Tahriku salawain yakun fi so tahrik al-salawain is the moving of the hips is in walking moving of the hips is in exercise that is not the right definition that we take for salah so al-azhari says al-qawlu indi huwa al-awwal yani ma'na al-luzum innama as-salah luzum ma farad Allah salah is constancy upon what Allah has obligated wa salatu a'dhamu al-fard alladhi umira bi luzumihi and salah is the greatest of obligations that Allah has commanded us to remain constant upon. Do you know about any other fard that comes upon us five times a day? Any other divine command? There is no other divine command that becomes obligatory upon us five times a day. Literally, that is the command of Allah. Hayya ala salah, hayya ala al-falah. Five times a day. Come to Allah's command. Come to success. Come to the prayer. Answer the call of Allah Azza wa Jal that is commanding you to perform this obligation. Ibn Athir, the great muhaddith and the author of An-Nihaya. Ibn Athir has a very beautiful book on Gharib al-Hadith. The mustalahat or the, the, the terminology, it's a hadith glossary. Ibn al-Athir wrote this hadith glossary and he says, وَقَدْ تَكَرَّرَ فِي الْحَدِيثِ ذِكْرُ الصَّلَاةِ The mention of salah has been mentioned in, in hadith in many, many places. وَهِيَ الْعِبَادَةُ الْمَخْصُوصَةِ And it is that specific prayer, that specific worship that we know. وَأَصْلُهُ الدُّعَى فِي اللُّغَةِ And the reality of salah is الدُّعَى. The reality of salah is, right, supplication. فَسُمِّيَتْ بِبَعْضِ أَجْزَائِهِ So according to Ibn Athir, salah means prayer, and salah is called prayer because of what, a portion of what is in it. Like a portion of our salah is dua. So, summiya. We know that Salah also has it in its sujood. 
And that is why the masjid is mawdi'us sujood. Masjid is ismu dharfil makan. It's the place of sujood. So salah is also means dua because the objective of salah is dua. Waqil, another opinion is, so we know all the different what salah, the word comes from. It's good for us to know so that we can also be informed about this. Asluha fil at ta'zim. Qila. And this is another opinion. Another opinion is the meaning of salah is reverence, right? It means to glorify. At ta'zim, to glorify, to, to, to revere. And why salah is known as salah? Because in it is the glorification of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ibn al-Arabi, not Ibn al-Arabi, Ibn al-Arabi, also min al from the ulama of uh, the Arabic language. He beautifully he says, As-salatu min Allah rahmah. وَمِنَ الْمَخْلُوقِينَ الْمَلَائِكَةَ وَالْإِنْسِ وَالْجِنَّ الْقِيَامُ الرُّكُوعُ وَالسُّجُودُ وَالدُّعَاءُ وَالتَّسْبِيحُ So he's saying when, when we say that salah is coming upon us from Allah. اللَّهُمَّ صَلِّ عَلَى إِبْنَ أَبِي أَوْفَى As is mentioned in the hadith. اللَّهُمَّ صَلِّ عَلَى إِبْنَ أَبِي أَوْفَى The Prophet said, O oh Allah, send your salah Upon the family of Abu Awfa. What is the meaning there? Oh Allah, send your mercy upon Ibn Abi Awfa. So when salah is coming from Allah, doesn't mean. And this is why the, there is a. And then, as salah ala nabi. Naqul, as salatu ala nabi. What are we saying? Oh Allah, send your rahmah upon the Prophet. There was a Christian Arab. Jahil, obviously, but Christian Arab said, Why do you blame us for worshipping Jesus and praying to Jesus? You also pray to Muhammad. See, you say, As-salah ala nabi. <laughs> you can see how ignorant this is. Because As-salah ala nabi is not praying to Muhammad, it's praying mercy for Muhammad. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. See? So he was saying, See, why do you blame us Christians for praying to Jesus? You also pray to Muhammad. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Which is Misunderstanding Because it's like As-salah Ala Muhammad It's not As-salah It's not Salah to Muhammad It's Salat of Allah And Salah from Allah Means mercy There's understanding What the meaning of Salah is When Salah Is coming from Allah It means mercy So we're Actually it's the opposite Of what this Christian understood Because you say That he's God And he answers prayers but we believe he's Abdullahi wa Rasuluh. He is the chosen slave of Allah and his messenger. That's why we pray for him. Oh Allah, we love him so much, but we can never repay him. We ask of you to shower your mercy on Muhammad. That is as-salah ala nabi Not salah to Nabi. It's salah ala nabi from Allah, which means mercy. And then what about salah that creation does? Salatuna wa salatul malaika wal insi wal jan. 
The, the salah of the angels and the salah of humans and the salat of jinns. What is that? So then it explains. From us, it's qiyam and ruku' and sujood. And from the angels, it's dua and tasbih. All of this can, can mean salah. As, and it says, وَالصَّلَاةُ مِنَ الطَّيْرِ وَالْهَوَامِ تَسْبِيحِ Right, Allah Azza wa Jal mentions about the animals and the birds and the heavens and the earth, right? So, sometimes when you hear about the salat of uh, animals or the salat of trees or birds or creatures, that is actually tasbih. They're glorifying Allah Azza wa Jal. All of them have their worship and their glorification. And here's the definition of the Prophet alayhi salatu wassalam. Qala Rasulullah And this hadith of Sahih Muslim. These are the prophetic definitions. Your prayer will be a nur. It will be a nur for you in this life. It will be a nur for you in the grave. And inshallah, it will be a nur and a light for you. Yawm al qiyamah. Yawm tara al mu'minina wal mu'minati yas'a nuruhum bayna aydihim wa bi aymanihim. Bushrakum al yawm jannat. The day that you will see the believers, their light will be in front of them and on their right sides. There will be no light on that day except the light of your deeds and the light that Allah gives. And the pious people have mentioned, this is not a hadith. This is not a hadith. This is a statement of some of the pious people. Salah is the ascension of a believer. Salat is our ascension. Salat is our connection. Salah is our silah. Our connection to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So now, salah can also be divided into two parts. We have fard salah, and we have nafil salah. And the Allah, Allah azza wa jal in hadith al-Qudsi, he mentions, وَمَا تَقَرَّبَ إِلَيَّ عَبْدِي بِشَيْءٍ أَحَبَّ إِلَيَّ مِمَّ افْتَرَثْتُ عَلَيْهِ That's number one. And the most beloved thing with which my slave draws near to me, is what I have enjoined upon him. This is the fard. For us to know how special is our five daily prayers. The five daily prayers that we do, what does Allah say about this? The most beloved thing, right? Number one, this is a means of taqarrub ilallah. This is a means of drawing close to Allah, our prayer. Never can a person be close to Allah who does not have salah. This is the first point. We want to get close to Allah. We want to draw near to Allah. The only way that we can draw near to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is through our fard salah. This is point number one. If you are not punctual on your fard salah, then understand that there can be no way that you will get close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It cannot be. Here, Allah Himself is telling us, وَمَا تَقَرَّبَ إِلَيَّ abdi." And never did my slave draw near to me with anything that is more beloved to me than that which I have obligated upon him. 
Ahabba ilayya mimma ftarathu alayh than that which I have made fard. So understand, brothers and sisters, so much this happens to me. People come to me with issues. People come to me with problems. I have jinn. I have jadu. I see nightmares. I don't know what's going on. My life is not going right. I'm gonna go crazy. I'm gonna... Okay, okay, calm down. Okay, let's, let's go back a little bit. Okay, just... You know, just do a little bit of investigating. Do you pray your five daily prayers? Ah, well, you know, five daily prayers, that's something I got to work on. I said, yeah, definitely you got to work on. You don't even have salah in your life. How are you complaining about issues? First and foremost, you got to resolve this. How are you telling me? Maybe Juma, yeah, maybe Eid, maybe Juma. What are you talking about? How can this be? Right? First, let's talk about solution number one. Be punctual on your salah. When you're not punctual on your salah, then don't come to me about any other because this is the way of taqarrub ilallah. This is the way that once you, once you are with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, now we can, you're not with Allah. You got to get with the program. If you want me to help you, you got to first help yourself. You have to establish this. And then, وَمَا يَزَالُ عَبْدِي يَتَقَرَّبُ إِلَيَّ بِالنَّوَافِلِ حَتَّى أُحِبَّهُ And then a, a slave of Allah continues coming closer to Allah. Yani, now you have the fard prayer. Allah loves this. There is nothing more that Allah Ta'ala loves and that is why Allah made this fard upon us. This is the way that Allah Ta'ala gave us a means to come to Him. But now a next step. Do we stop there? No. One is a person who works nine to five. Clock in, clock out. He will get his salary. The boss will be very happy with him because he's doing his job. He comes on time. He leaves on time. True or false? It's a good, he's a good employee. He's a good employee. But now there's a person, he comes in at seven. Two hours before opening. He cleans up everything. He puts some coffee for the boss. He sets up everything. He opens shop, turns on the light, gets everything in the store ready. Everybody, now the employees start coming around 8.45, 8.50, 9 a.m. Oh wow, everything is there. Who did this? Oh, Brother Abdullah, he, he came two hours early. Now, we know that now he's going above and beyond. And what does he do? He stays till 9 p.m. Extra, cleaning up after everybody taking care of the premises, right? Closing up after everybody, making sure everything is good. Overtime. Now let me ask everybody, is the employee number one and employee number two the same? They're not the same. So there is one who is fulfilling his duty, nine to five. Alhamdulillah, he will get salary, the boss will be happy with him, he will be considered a loyal employee. But the second one is the one that the boss will say, wow, you know what? I'm going to give you a promotion. You are definitely going to be employee of the month. Isn't it? So the special promotion of wilaya, the special promotion of Allah's mahabba, mahabbatul khassa, is given to the person who goes above and beyond. We can understand this very clearly. And this is where nawafil come. That's number one. When a person wants to know, what more can I do? Subhanallah, there's all these nawafil that we have. Salatul Tahajjud, Salatul Duha, Salatul Ishraq, Salatul Awabin, Qiyamul Layl, 
all these other beautiful, mashaAllah, opportunities that we have, this is a means by which we can get the promotion from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Spiritual promotion. Spiritual promotion. And this is another function. So function number one of the nawafil was what? That we uh, get the closeness of Allah, get the promotion from Allah. But there's another function why all of us should have some nafil salawat. We have to have nawafil and sunan and mustahabbat in our life extra. What is that? عن أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إن أول ما يحاسب به العبد يوم القيامة من عمله صلاته The first thing that Allah will judge will be held accountable for on the day of judgment will be the salah The salah will be the first of all actions for which a slave of Allah will be held accountable on the day of judgment فَإِنْ صَلُحَتْ فَقَدْ أَفْلَحَ وَأَنْجَحَ If that comes right, if that's in order, he will have prospered and succeeded. وَإِنْ فَسَدَتْ فَقَدْ خَابَ وَخَسِرَ And if that is lacking and deficient, then he will have failed and lost. فَإِنْ انْتَقَصَ مِنْ فَرِيضَتِهِ شَيْءٌ قَالَ الرَّبُّ عَزَّ وَجَلْ If, and now this is the second point of nafil, the function, why do we have the sunan? Why do we have what we call Salatun Nafila? Nafila means extra. Why do we have these extra prayers? Why don't we just pray the Fard? And a lot of us, we get lazy with the Sunan, but we forget what is the function of the Sunnah. If we learn this, brothers and sisters, we will never give up our Sunnah. We will never give up on our Sunnah if we know this. When our Fard prayers will be placed on the scale, it said, okay, Salatul Fajr of February uh, 18th or Rajab, uh, 28th of Rajab, Fajr Salah, okay, let's put it on the scale. Oh, it's not 100%, it's only 2%. Your mind was floating around everywhere. You were scratching your nose and you were picking your ear and you were, you know, fidgeting and uh, you did it, you only get 1%, Ajr. Oh, what's gonna happen? Problem. Now they say, Allah Azza wa Jal will say, if there's any deficiency in the Fard, qala Rabbu Azza wa Jal. Allah Azza wa Jal say, Unzuru halli abdi min tatawwin fayukammal biha man taqasa min al-farida. Allah Ta'ala will say, See if my servant has any nafil prayers with which we may complete that which was defective in his obligatory prayers. Subhanallah. Now that nuqsan, that deficiency that was in the fard, that will be made up with the sunnah. Now, mashallah, after your, or uh, after your uh, uh, fard prayer or before the uh, fajr prayer we had the sunnahs now that will be joined with that and subhanallah extra credit got you to 50% Jalla even will take 50% in some places that's also a passing grade in some places and ثُمَّ يَكُونُ سَائِرُ عَمَلِهِ عَلَى and all the rest of his actions will be judged Similarly, in other words, your fasting will also be judged like that. Okay, bring his Ramadan, bring his fard, his, bring his fard roza. Oh, you know, you didn't do this day good. You were looking around where you shouldn't be looking. Oh, this day you were doing a little bit ghibat and you didn't get 
100% on your exam. You didn't get 100% on your roza. Okay, let's see if he has any nafil roza. Same with the zakat. Same with the hajj. Same with all of his fard actions. That is why, brothers and sisters, the importance of the sunan. The sunnah is a gift that was given to us by the Prophet The fuqaha have mentioned this is mu'akkad. Wa yulamu ala tarkiha. The person who is abandoning it intentionally, he is blameworthy. The person who is abandoning the sunan intentionally, he will be blameworthy. And if he does it all the time and he says, I don't believe in sunnah, I'm not gonna, and he becomes sinful. This sunnah is a gift to make up for all your deficiencies so that you don't have any trouble on that day. How much was merciful our Prophet alameen. That's why he gave us. But now we think it's a boj. Wallahi, on the day of judgment, we say, we wish we prayed extra sunan. We, pr- we wish we prayed extra nawafil. Then we wouldn't, we wouldn't be in the situation. <clears throat> the Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam mentions, As-salatu khayru mawdur. Faman sha'a istaqalla wa man sha'a istakthara. Salah is the best of all matters. So whoever wishes, let him decrease. And whoever wishes, let them increase. I have given you the best thing. As-salatu khayru mawdu'. Salat is the best act of worship. It is the best form of dhikr. Because in salah, we have all the dhikrs. We have tilawatul Qur'an. We have tasbih. We have takbir. We have salah ala nabi. We have ruku. We have sujood. We have qiyam. What is not in salah? Everything is in salah. That's why the Prophet ﷺ said, As-salatu khayru mawdu'. It is the best of things that have been given to us. So whoever wishes, let him decrease. And whoever wishes, let him increase. I have given you. Establish the prayer for my remembrance. I have given you this. So with that being said, I wanted to mention something really important. What is the first way we can make our prayer ruhani prayer? Ruhani. Where you feel an effect. I'll tell you something that helps me. The thing that helps me and has always helped me is that at that particular time, when I'm standing and I say takbir, I bring to my mind and I bring to my attention all the virtues of salah. I bring to my mind that when a person is standing in salah, he is yunaji rabba. This is what this is. You must bring the ahadith to your mind when you are praying. The hadith that refers to that act. And this is why knowledge is very important, brothers and sisters. Knowledge is very important. And we're going to get to the advice of Shaykh Abdul Haq al-Dihlawi. What does he say? The great hadith master. Sheikh Abdul Haq al-Dihlawi instructed the advisor of the Mughal emperor, Shah Jahan, Nawab Murtaza Khan, Sheikh Farid, with the following three pieces of advice. Number one, he said, develop a true yearning from Allah within. Sidqi talab peda karo. Sidqi talab peda karo. Be sincere in your yearning for Allah. Number two, I mean, each one of these is a whole lecture on its own. But I want to get to the main point here. 
Number two, keep in mind the rewards and consequences of your deeds. Padash ya amal ko khyal mein rakhna. Padash ya amal. The consequences and the rewards of your deeds, keep it in mind. When you're doing any action, I am giving sadaqah. At the time of giving sadaqah, I should be thinking about the reward of sadaqah. At the time of making takbir, I should be thinking about the reward of takbir. At the time of ruku, I should be thinking about the reward of ruku. At the time of sujood, I should be thinking about the fazail of sujood. You guys understand? I'll tell you in my own personal practice, this has been the most beneficial thing for me. fazail amal You can, uh, you can uh, bash on tablighi jamaat as much as you want. You can bash on Mona Zakaria and criticize as much as you want. Put your criticism to the side and listen to me very clearly. As far as the ahadith or the weak ahadith or whatever other uh, uh, you know, uh, criticisms that people make, understand the concept behind Fazail Amal. What was the objective of Fazail Amal? The objective. The objective of Fazail Amal is this what the, what the advice of Sheikh. Abdul Haq al-Dihlawi is. And it's very easy for us to criticize things, but we have to understand what is the objective. The objective here is that Shaykh Ilyas, rahimahullah, he wanted that the ummah, they don't have a desire to do good deeds. They don't feel like praying. They don't feel like coming to the masjid. They don't have desire to perform salat with jamaat in the masjid. So what Shaykh Ilyas did, he told Maulana Zakaria, Maulana, collect the ahadith from the Prophet that talks about the virtues of these deeds, the fazilat of namaz, the fazilat of salat with jamaat, the fazilat and the virtue of zikr, the fazilat and the virtue of, you know, durood sharif, salawat al nabi. When a person knows the virtue and the reward, he will have the motivation to do it. He will want to do it and he will enjoy doing it. I tell you, you know, this water, when you're going to drink it, it's going to just, it's going to give you, subhanAllah, superpower once you drink this water. This is, this is not normal water. This is special water. Before it's Kirkland purified water. Not much motivation there. But then in the same bottle, I take this little plastic thing off and I put on it Zamzam. You know, some people gave me Zamzam hadiyah in these little bottles. It's not Kirkland water anymore. Now I want to drink this water. Now when I drink this water, I feel special. Now I will make dua. Now it will be ceremonious. Now I will be facing the Qibla, standing up, and I'll be reading the dua of, uh, you know, drinking Zamzam. You know? Allahumma inni as'aluka al-ilman nafi'an wa rizqan wa'asi'an wa shifa'an min kulli da'a. And I'll be drinking this very special with, because now I know, right, what is the virtue of this water. Similarly, when we know the virtue, keeping in mind the rewards. When you're praying, read the fazail. What is the virtue of sajda? What is the virtue of qiyam? What is the virtue of ruku? What is the virtue of coming to the masjid for salah? I'll tell you something. In our local maktab in California, there was a father, he used to come, drop off his son, pick up his son, and ayn waqt salah the exact time of prayer, what would he do? He would wait for his son in the car, in the parking lot, while Jamaat is going on in the masjid. It's kind of like 
dude, just come and pray. I mean, you're a namazi. I mean, you must be a Muslim because you're sending your kid to maktab to learn Quran, right? So just come in the masjid. It's five minutes. So I saw him one day, one week, two weeks. I said, bhai, like maybe he has a uzur, you know? But I've seen this like too much. I went up to him one day. I said, Bhaijan, how's everything? I hope you're all well, mashallah. It's wonderful. We have your son in our maktab. I hope all is well with you. I said, Bhaijan, if you don't mind me asking, you know, you know, mashallah, we are here and the, the namaz is going on in the masjid. Do you know that if you perform your salat with jamaat in the masjid, you get 27 times more reward? All you need to do is just come inside, park the car. You're going to be waiting for your son anyways. MashaAllah, Wuzu Khana is here. But I just want to let you, such a great virtue is that if you perform your salat with jamaat in the masjid, you get 27 times more. Imagine if you perform your salat 27 times. How long would that take you? It would take you more than an hour to perform. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, just by performing your salat with jamaat in the masjid, will definitely... Insha'Allah, bi'ithnillah, give you that reward. You know what he said to me? He said, Subhanallah, I didn't know that. I would just pray my salat at home. I didn't think that praying salat in the masjid is even necessary. This is, I'm, I'm, this is exactly what he said. I'm th thank you very much for telling me that, Mawlana Saab, because I didn't know that praying salat in the masjid is something. I know that we pray Juma, but I didn't think that it's like that it had that virtue. I mean, you guys, it's, it's like sometimes some of the stuff that I hear from the community and that stuff that I've heard from the Muslim community, it's like it shocks me. But we can't have this mentality that everybody knows. Oh yeah, of course, everybody knows. Salat with Jamaat. No, people don't know. And I just, with a lot of love and with a lot of, you know, uh, understanding, I said, obviously, you know, you're going to be waiting here, so... Just join us. You get 27 times ajr. He said, thank you for telling me. I didn't even know. So, this is our halat. Mawlana Ilyas was right. Mawlana Ilyas was right. If people knew what is the reward of this, people would do it. But people don't know and they're not doing it. That's as simple as it is. So, this is what Sheikh, and develop a collaboration between your internal and external state. I just wanted to focus on point number two, what Sheikh Abdul Haq is saying is, keeping in mind in everything you do, the reward of your actions. So with that being said, look, let me just say one thing, understand about Salah. I read this one hadith and from that time actually my whole relationship with Salah changed. Should I tell you what hadith that is? Is this hadith. That you will only get from your salat that which your mind is present. That's it. Do you want to know how much ajr you get and how much reward you get in your prayer? How much of your prayer will you get counted and not counted? Only that amount of your prayer which you are present, you will get the reward of it. Now you decide how much reward of your prayer do you want to get? Allah Ta'ala says, وَأَقِيمَ الصَّلَاةَ لِذِكْرِي Establish the prayer for my remembrance. If there's no remembrance, you don't remember Allah in your prayer, there's no point in it. And Allah Ta'ala says, وَلَا تَكُمْ مِنَ الْغَافِلِينَ Don't be from those who are unmindful. حَتَّى تَعْلَمُوا مَا تَقُولُونَ Allah Ta'ala says, you should know what you are saying. These are 
some of the ways the ulama mentioned laysa lil abdi min salatihi illa ma aqal laysa lil abdi min salatihi illa ma aqal a person receives no reward for his prayer except that which he is aware and conscious of when you are unconscious when you are ghafil when you're not you're not present where are you going to get the reward for that and the hadith of abu daud inna ar-rajula layansarif wa ma kutiba lahu illa ushru salatihi tis'uha thumunuha sub'uha sudusuha khumsuha rub'uha thuluthuha nisfuha this is ajeeb he says a person a man performs his prayer but nothing is recorded on his behalf except a tenth or a ninth or a eighth or a seventh or a sixth or a fifth or a fourth or a third or a half or kamil yani this is actual the, the prophet isosama is telling us actual numbers fractions here there's a, these are like at the fraction level the prophet is telling us now all of us should be thinking here how much how what fraction of my prayer is being accepted i mean one tenth of your prayer like imagine like you know imagine you work you clock in at 9 and you clock out at 5 right and then you look at your card at the end of the month and you see you only got 2 hours you go back to the boss and say hey boss what's going on here i, I worked from 9 to 5 why didn't i get 2 hours he said we were watching you on the security camera and actually you were on your phone for the rest of the time yes we're on allah's security camera in our salah this is true you only get one tenth one ninth one eighth one seventh one sixth one fifth one fourth this is like actual at the fraction level you are being told this is how you will be audited you think you're clocking in 9 to 5 or i think i'm clocking in 9 to 5 i'm getting the full right what 7 hours 8 hours of my time and then i come back and i well, wait a minute boss what's going on here yeah we were watching you on the camera you're not doing work you're just you know on youtube and you're doing this and you're you know making calls and you know you're taking breaks and yeah you actually worked only 2 hours your mind was only present for 1/4 of the time the rest of the time you're thinking about your work the rest of the time you're thinking about you know what you're going to be eating for lunch and where we're going to go for dinner and i'm picking up my guest and i got to go do this and the whole mashallah the whole planning we're doing in namaz without even missing a single rukun this is the mastery of our prayer you know how we've mastered our namaz this is how i've mastered my namaz i do my whole planning for the day and i will not miss a single rukun perfect i was not present for a single minute i was doing a whole family planning business planning you know vacation planning all of it was done and mashallah i did not miss one subhana rabbil ala I did not miss one subhana rabbil azim. I did not miss Fatiha or surah or true or false. I I'm just speak, I can only speak for myself, mashallah. The pious people in this majlis they're looking at me what's wrong with this guy? Why is he giving us this talk? This is actually for me. Subhanallah. Abdul Wahid ibn Zaid ajma'at al-ulama ala annahu laysa lil 'abdi min salatihi illa ma aqala minha. 
The scholars are in consensus that a person receives no reward for his prayer except that which he is aware and conscious of. How much you are conscious, that is how much reward you will get. If you're conscious 5% of the time, you'll get 5% of the award, reward. If you're, con if you're conscious 90%, you'll get 90% ajr, inshallah. Let's work on that. Consciousness. So this is the advice of Shaykh Maulana Ashraf Ali Tanwi Rahmatullahi. Practical advice of Hakimul Ummat Maulana Ashraf Ali Tanwi in the method of muraqaba. He says that a person should always remember that Allah is aware of all his states and conditions. Allah is aware of my external and internal. And when I'm standing in salat, as it said in the hadith, فَإِنَّمَا يُنَاجِي رَبَّهُ you are conversating now. You are, in a, you are in a direct conversation with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If he commits an evil act, it is possible that Allah will punish him in this world or in the hereafter. Again, thinking about what I'm doing, there will be consequences for this. When doing a good act, when executing a good act, he should think that Allah is watching him. Worship Allah as if you see him. فَإِن لَمْ تَكُنْ تَرَاهُ فَإِنَّهُ يَرَاكُ And if you can't, you can't do that, then know that Allah is seeing me now when I am in salah. Imagine that Allah is watching me. He should therefore execute it in a proper manner because Allah Ta'ala is watching him. Imagine brothers and sisters, when we know that somebody is looking at me while I'm praying, how are we going to pray the namaz? How will we pray? Imagine that Rabbul Alameen is looking at me just for two minutes. Just for, you know, stop for a second before you say the takbir and think for a moment, I am standing before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the method of acquiring this quality. In a few days, his mind will get settled on these thoughts. Thereafter, inshallah, he will not do anything that is contrary to the pleasure of Allah. And any act that he does, he knows that, okay, Allah ta'ala is seeing me. He says, how to concentrate when we're reciting the Qur'an? We know that when we are in salah, we are reciting the Qur'an. It is a normal practice that when a person is asked to recite the Qur'an, he will recite it very beautifully. Right? When somebody tells you, uh, brother, can you recite Qur'an for us? Now you know that you're reciting to somebody, I have to recite it very beautifully. So as far as possible, he recite with full concentration and good voice and bear in mind all the necessary rules because you know somebody's listening to me. Based on this, when you wish to recite Quran, think to yourself that Allah Himself has said, let me listen to you. Subhanallah. When we are performing our salah, we should think Allah is listening to me. I am reciting my Fatiha. I am reciting my Surah. Allah is listening to me. You should bear in mind that Allah is listening carefully to what you are reading. You should also think to yourself that if you read with caution when someone else is listening to you, then how much more caution you will have to exercise when you are reciting to Allah. Once you have taken all these factors into consideration, commence reciting. As long as you're reciting, try to maintain this thought in your mind, Allah Ta'ala is listening to me. If your recitation begins to falter and your concentration begins to drift, stop your recitation for a while Right? You don't have to literally stop in prayer, but 
bring the above thoughts back to your mind and doing so inshallah your recitation will become correct and clear and you will concentrate your concentration will also be maintained if you practice this over a period of time you will be able to concentrate with ease always think okay i'm reciting to allah allah is listening to me i'm saying subhana rabbiyal azim allah is listening to me how to concentrate in salah now right as regards as in regards to salah it should be remembered that no act or recitation should be without any motive or meaning instead everything should be executed with the motive and after pondering for example when saying allahu akbar then for every word you should think that i am now reciting subhanakallahumma then after that i am now reciting wa bihamdika thereafter i am now reciting wa tabarakasmuka then wa ta'ala jadduka when then la ilaha ghayruk a'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajim then bismillahir rahman like you guys seen in some of the uh you know when they have the nasheed and you're singing along with the nasheed then they have the little ball that goes with the with each word or in some of the you know uh, uh visual quran recitals the word turns red you know Bismillahir, and then the word is turning red as you're going through it. Imagine in your mind, okay, Subhanakallahumma, Dewa bihamdika, wa tabarakasmuka. Then what's next? Wa ta'ala jadduka. What's next? Wa la ilaha ghayruk. A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan rajim Then Bismillahir Rahman Rahim. Right? In your mind, you are like seeing the lines. You're seeing the words highlighted in your mind as you are praying. In this way, continue thinking and concentrating on each word separately in your mind. Visualize it. Give your mind something to think about. Because you see, what we're doing is we're reading the words with our lips, but we're not thinking and visualizing it in our mind. What we should do is visualize that in your mind, that I'm saying this, then after that is going to come this, and then after that is going to come this. Continue doing this when reciting Surah Fatiha and another Surah. Do the same for your ruku and think the same manner each time you say Subhana Rabbi al Azim. In short, the moment you utter something, direct your attention towards it as well. Maintain this in your entire salah. In doing this, inshaAllah, your concentration in your salah will not be diverted. In a short period of time, you will acquire concentration and you will enjoy offering your salah. So inshallah, we'll stop here. I think Salat is at uh, 1.30, right? So inshallah, let's give the azan. And if there's anything, inshallah, we can discuss, finish this after. Subhanakallah.